morning, everybody. Happy Monday. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. DMAC, James Merrillat, Rachel Veal, all hanging out with you on this Monday. I love that music. James, we talk about this every Monday, but I always just like dance along to it at the beginning of the week. Yeah. If you're in a bad mood, right, it's Monday morning, you're trying to get going, that little tune just kind of gets me gets me off and running. It's, uh, it's, a, it's got a good vibe to it, for sure. We got to put some uh, lyrics to it, like... It's Rachel with Coffee Break. Time to talk about sports that make us all feel happy, all feel joy. Let's go to this great new toy. It's Rachel, you know, something like that, you know. <laughs> DMAC, you should have finished it, and I would have cut exactly what you did right there and laid it over it. Rachel B. Hill with Coffee Break. Just loop that, I guess. We could have uh, Nate Jackson sing it. Like, we oh, got talent we could tap into. Yeah, wrap it. Like, that's actually a great idea. Yeah. That is yeah. so smart. I like it a lot. Well, guys, Sam Martin is officially going to be out for the Broncos. Ian Rappaport tweeting out he's being released today by Denver after indicating he would refuse any pay reduction. So that means next man up, Cor- Corleus Waitman. I might have mispronounced that wrong. I'm sure DMAC's going to tell me here in a second if I no, did. But... I, that, I don't know. Is that how you say his first name? It may be. I guess James. Maybe you can correct Corliss. us. I thought it was Corliss. I thought it was Corliss. Corliss yeah. Waitman? Now, maybe, but you, you might be right. I mean, I don't know. Now, I'm not an economist. I'm not an economist. But I do think taking a pay cut is better than getting zero. I, I, I just don't understand this unless he thinks he's going to land elsewhere. Well, what's going on Which there in Buffalo? Likely. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, but, yeah, that, that was the interesting part of it. Like, the fact that they decided to go with Corliss Waitman, I think we kind of saw that coming when he was holding on extra points and field goals on Sunday on Saturday night. But uh, the fact that it was due to a pay cut refusal to take a pay cut. If you're Waitman, does that make you feel like you won the job or you just got it? Cause they were mad at this guy and you know, they didn't want to pay him what he was uh, scheduled to, uh, to make it makes kind of a, it's kind of an odd dynamic here, but new punter for the Broncos and uh, away we go. And that's a undrafted rookie free agent making the team. I didn't think that would happen this year, but it has happened again. I I think it's um the the truth of the matter is you don't have to be an exceptional punter to be the punter for Denver. You really don't. What what you need to do is to really hit the ball more than anything really high in the air so that bad stuff doesn't happen. Line drives will kill you. Um and that's that's the problem that we got in uh with uh punters in the past. If you're going to make a mistake, hit the punt high. And also Waitman's got a left foot spin on it. So hey, fine by me. And, hey, good for Sam Martin for trying to stick up for himself. You know, um, I get it. You know, he, he had a great year last year. He's a vet. If he thinks he's worth that money, go get it, Sam. Good for you, I guess. James, I'm with you, though. I would rather take a little bit less money than no money at all, even though I can't imagine, I guess, maybe he will get paid what he was hoping to in Denver this year by another team. But it just feels a little weird that it comes down to money. But I will say that I feel like Waitman did a good job holding for Brandon McManus in the first half of Saturday game two. And obviously with the few punts that he did. He didn't I just I just went back and watched the uh, first half. And mm-hmm. Rachel, you're so right. It was a terrible snap at the end of, um, of the first half that Waitman really handled the ball well on the extra point and got it down. And let's, yep. let's not overlook some of those type of abilities. So the fact that he can do that well, it's a real subtle, nice little moment. Um, and that's that's a good deal, too. So I, I, I say, why not save the money if you can? Uh, I don't think this hurts the Broncos whatsoever. It probably helps. And, and D-Mac, when you're uh, re-watching the game, when you, yes. get to, when you get to the play, I think it was the long snapper who takes the ball into the end zone, right? Yeah. The six and just turns into the end zone. 
Yeah. Watch when they cut to Sam Martin. Watch okay. his look. And it's just like, man, I mean, I get it. You'd be frustrated, but he just looks like such a turd, such a jerk. <laughs> it's like, I knew that moment he was gone. Like he just he just looked like a bad teammate, even though you were you were mad at your guy, mad at what happened. There's yeah. a, just the body language of it. I was like, I don't think that guy's gonna be on this team. Look, if he lands in Buffalo, I get it and makes roughly what he was gonna make here. I understand why he wouldn't take the pay cut, right? You're going to a Super Bowl contender or more of a Super Bowl contender in Denver and you're making the same money. But other than that, like, you know, we don't know what the pay cut was, but boy, you uproot yourself, you have to move, and now you have to take the chance of, do you land another job? It seems a little uh, strange to me. That being said, I always love players that go down in preseason history. We've had a bunch throughout the years. We had Menelik Watson asking his uh, fiance to, to marry him or his girlfriend to marry him during a game. We had, uh, we've had a lot over the years. And now we have Sam Martin missing a preseason game because he was pat, uh, catching a pass in the end zone, doing toe taps and sprained his ankle. And that happened before the Buffalo game. So, Sam Martin, you have a place in our heart. See, that's what's interesting to me, though, because I was on with Sean and Sandy um, a few nights back. I can't even remember. And I was like, I think he's fine. Otherwise, I think because he said, like, he just tweaked it. And if it would have been a regular season game, he would have played. So, I'm like, if you're fighting for your job in that instance, wouldn't you be like, hey, you know what? I do need to play. I do need to prove my worth to hopefully stay on this team, unless he already knew that that was going to be his fate and he was going to be gone this year. Uh, he probably did. I mean, he could do the math. He's not a moron. He probably saw what was what, and now we know the money really matters to him. So he probably knew he was toast from the get-go, to be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is a funny thing to do, to injure yourself doing that and, and take yourself out of the game and to say you could have punted. I mean, you can't suck it up for, like, Three possible punts? Could actually, that the Bills game. They probably punted quite a bit. Oh, actually, no, not really, because the Bills just drove the ball over and over and over again, and you really didn't have that many possessions. Yeah. Oh, God. That Buffalo game was a disaster in every possible way, right? Like, it was, they were just there goofing around, clearly, and they, they didn't take the game seriously. It showed on the field. He gets injured. There is a bit of a – I don't know if arrogance is the right word, but there's a bit of that of like, no, I tweaked my ankle. I'm competing for a job here, but I'm going nice. to sit this one out. It's a, it's a little strange. And they got the Broncos have more than $11 million in cap space, and they don't save a ton with this move. So it, I, I know it, it does, you know, gain them some some room, but they didn't need it. They weren't right up against the cap. So no. I don't think it's entirely financially based. I think it's a, a little bit of a turn the page and move on from uh, – from a guy that you know, that, like I say, watch watch the watch the replay and see if you get the same sense I do in terms of what kind of team. Right. And by the way, there's always reason they bring in competition. Okay, uh, there's no, you know, there's no extra long snapper. There's no extra kicker for Brandon McManus. Um, notice that. Okay, so it means something just from the jump. So we'll see you, Sam Martin. The kicking or the punter competition has officially come to an end in Denver. While another position is going to be wide receiver because. They're kind of loaded at wide receiver, even though Tim Patrick does go down. So who do you see the, see making the 53-man roster, James? Well, I'm going to try and read the tea leaves here. And if you look at the second half of the game the other night, Kendall Hinton was in the game late. Like, he was in with two minutes to go, and Seth Williams was standing on the sideline. So I'm going to go Seth Williams. He had a great catch. He had a bad drop, too, but his catch was phenomenal. Uh, I just think he's got more upside. You know, he's, he's just got the – in terms of physicality and the look, like you can't coach that. 
Kendall Hinton, it's a good story. Everybody likes it. I think he gets way overplayed. He completed like one pass in that game. It was a disaster. But anyhow, like people like that. There's a Kendall Hinton's kind of a dime a dozen, right? There's really nothing special about his game where it's KJ Hamler's got the speed. Seth Williams has the size. I think Seth Williams ends up uh, grabbing one of those final spots. Mac. Uh, it's complicated too by Brandon Johnson's injury, by the way, and I really feel bad for him. Uh, he got hurt a uh, high ankle spray on the first play of the game when he went out on the third play, but he was hurt on the first play when his ankle got ro- rolled up on him on a, you know, a run to start the game. But if they put him on IR now, he's out for the year. Quirky rule. If you make the 53, you can come back during the season. But if you go on IR before the making the 53, you're out for the year. So that that is a weird situation because he was a slam dunk to make it. So and and the other weird quirky thing is Tyree Cleveland, who they they want as a core special teamer. So do you have seven wide receivers on the team then? I mean, do you carry Brandon Johnson and Tyree Cleveland as well as Seth Williams, Kendall Hinton, Jalen Virgil? I think Virgil and oh my gosh, they cut Hinton. I think so. Probably they probably do. I mean, the fact you're right, you know, just you can take what you want into that in the fourth quarter and look at how they featured Seth Williams. So you're probably right, James. Um, But I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they get Jalen Virgil and um, Kendall Hinton on the practice squad. And it would not surprise me whatsoever if those guys were on the team at some point during the year. I don't. Ah, gosh, would they get picked up by somebody else? Oh, man, I don't think so. Um, so let's hope they don't. But which, I think you're, you're probably right about that. Which kind of answers the question, right? Like, I do think Seth Williams and it would have a better chance of getting grabbed by somebody they couldn't sneak him through than Kendall Hinton or yeah. than Jalen Virgil. So it's like, okay, that that probably answers the question for us. If he'd be more in demand with other teams, well, he probably is the right guy uh, to make the squad here. The Tyree Cleveland one's interesting. And you, you get this label attached to guys like it was Andy Janovich and then it was Josie Jewell. And it's like, and I know Dwayne Sukes called him a core special teamer. That's a special teams coordinator. So I get where it comes from, but like, I don't recall a bunch of great special teams plays from Tyree Cleveland. I, I really don't. I'm not saying it's not true, but it's just sort of like become this thing of, oh, he's a, he's a special teams ace. I'm like, is he? Is he really like well, enough? I'm telling you, he has got, he's got this, this dude's, physical nature his body is i mean it is unbelievable so there's there's just so much potential for a guy that big that strong um and that fast to be the david bruton cody latimer uh that sort of guy tim patrick was that guy on special teams initially so he does profile like all those type of special teamers janovich to me was that was the stupidest comment of all time. We had 22 Janos. I get it that he tries hard, but I, I can find, you know, 20 kids down here at Smoky Hill High School in my backyard that are going to try just as hard. You know, you just, you're short, you're squat, you're from Nebraska. I mean, really, are you that special? And the NFL has told them no. But if you if you look like Tyree Cleveland or Cody Latimer or um, David Bruton, these guys are special. These guys are physical or reeks. And the impact they can have on special teams is pretty cool. So I, I would I would roll the dice with Tyree Cleveland. I would keep him around for that purpose because there's really nobody else on the team quite like him. 
Well, and last year, and we'll hear it again today if they end up with their presser today or tomorrow, whatever George Payton meets with the media. Last year, when they had this cut down to 53, I'll bet he mentioned special teams a dozen times, right? Like, this is why we made this decision. This is why we made the decision. And then it was a disaster again. I I like Dwayne Stukes. He may be my favorite guy on this coaching staff. But the other night, they made two just horrendous special teams blunders Again, where it's the, the first one was just kind of a bad break when Jalen Virgil drops a ball and, it, and kicks it out of bounds. No, that was, that, James, that was a bad decision, too, because he's running oh. sideways. And this is the problem with having guys who are desperate to make the team. You're not going to make the team just fair catching a ball or letting it go. And yet it's still such a critical part of the game where nine out of ten times in that particular position, if you simply catch the ball or let it go, you're making the right decision. Even if the ball, like in the game, um, I forget who it was, if it was Virgil or somebody else later in the game, they let the ball go and it, you know, it landed at the two or three yard line. It's like, all right, that sucks. It didn't bounce into the end zone. But so what? We've got a, you know, you got Russell Wilson, you got a $50 million quarterback, you know, trotting out on the field. You know, um, the, the way that we overblow special teams, it's not that it's not important. Of course, it's critically important. But you have to be smart about it. And that is what I, – I couldn't believe Bowman Moyer actually did what he did. You know, that was insanely stupid. Exactly. Um, that, that, was, that was unbelievably dumb. Jalen Virgil's was unlucky, but he, he made a terrible decision. And he's making that terrible decision based on desperation. So we're, we're kind of talking about moot points here because this job is going to be Montreal Washington's no matter what. And I just hope Montreal Washington doesn't get hurt. But I love, love – love Montreal Washington. The only quirky part is should Montreal Washington be used more on offense anyway? And I think the answer maybe is yes, uh, because speed kills. And even though I was told he barely knows what he's doing out there and I don't really blame him for that, who cares? You, you throw him the ball, you hand him the ball, you give it to him on a reverse and you <laughs> speed is speed. You just let him run. So we're, 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 we're quibbling about these type of positions. And while we like Jalen Virgil, we got Montreal Washington, and we have KJ Hamler. So the the need for a guy like Jalen Virgil is, is mitigated a little bit by other really good players. Yeah, but it's the mental blunder of it that had me worried, right? It, remember a few years ago when they didn't know they had to down the ball at the one, and the right. Raiders picked it up and ran for a ninety nine yard punt return? It's like just not understanding the rules of things. Like picking up the ball and running it in the end zone makes it a touchback. It's concerning just because I'm scarred by what we've seen the last five years here where it's been a special teams disaster. Um, but yeah, Montreal Washington, he should, they need to do with him what Buffalo did when they picked up Isaiah McKenzie, right? He's slowly but surely year after year become more of a part of the offense. And this year he'll be a pretty big part of it. That, that kind of path, that kind of roadmap is what the Broncos should do with Montreal Washington. Hey, really quick, really quick. Uh, you're short, you're squat, you're <laughs> Uh, oh, Andrew Mason. Appreciate the uh, shout out there. <laughs> hey, by the way, by the way, I'm going to quiz you and James. If Jalen Virgil on that kick had run, check this out, didn't touch the ball, had run out of bounds and fielded the ball while he was out of bounds, but the ball was in play at the one yard line, do you know what happens to the ball? Where it goes? It goes to the 40. James, Rachel, did you know that? I did not know that. It's one of the quirkiest NFL rules 
that exists. In addition to if you fair catch a kickoff, if you fair catch it, you get a chance to kick for a field goal without any defense. You can put the ball down at the spot that you fair catch it, caught it, and actually try to kick a field goal. Yeah, it's a free kick. Somebody's going to do that off of a, a when they have to punt after a safety because technically that's a kickoff. They're going to fair catch that and, and make a seventy yarder at some point to set the record. Right, so I know these are the weirdest. So you weird. Gotta, you got a YouTube. James is right about the forty yard line, and it has happened. And in fact, it happened to the Broncos uh, a few years ago. Oh, there's another quirky one. If you down right there, there you go. That's that's left to the Broncos. That's that's you return that ball to the forty yard line. Unbelievably wow. smart play. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, that was. That's one that I did not know. There's another one. There's another crazy one. And it happened against the Broncos against the Raiders, to the Broncos against the Raiders. If you down the ball, like put your hand on it if you're the Broncos uh, on a punt, but you don't cover the ball, you just like touch it, the other team can pick up the ball and return it. And even if they fumble, they still get the ball. Correct. So you, you you can return it with no negative consequence whatsoever. It's one of the most, and it happens. Did it go for a touchdown, James? Uh, yeah, it was a 99-yard touchdown. Yeah, yeah. One, one of the most insane rules. And But to, to James's point, these are rules that me and James know, okay, because it's happened. How every single special teamer doesn't know all the rules, never mind the simple ones that Bowman Meyer screwed up, how they don't know all the rules is beyond me. I mean, you're a special teamer. I mean, this is, this is special teams 101. I mean, it's a class. There's only so many rules. No them all. Well, and if you're the long snapper, there there, yep. that's, the play. that's the play. If you're a long snapper, like all you do is special teams. You should certainly know the rules. Like Jalen Virgil, he's a receiver trying to make the team. He's back there. You know, I don't know if, how often he returns kicks. Like there's a little bit of forgiveness for not knowing rules, although his wasn't rule related. But if you're the long snapper, how on earth do you not know that? Like you, that's all you do. And that one was inexcusable. Uh, is this just NFL or is this in, at the college level too? I, I, as far as I know, just NFL. I don't know about the college level for, and and that's a good question, Rachel, because there are different uh, rules on different levels, different rules in high school. Um, you know, you're right to ask that question. And and in Canada, I heard they have different rules. So okay, I, I so we got it. a we got a comment from Troy, and he said, "I would keep Brett Ripon as the backup. Josh Johnson has a less likely chance of being picked up and could go to our practice squad." Thoughts as James' face disappears on that question, but yes or no? Uh, for me, this. I would keep Josh Johnson. I think he's a better leader. I think there's ample evidence of that, and I think their backup quarterback um, abilities are uh, are are you know so so and. And if you have a backup quarterback, what I want is a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who's not afraid to make a play. I don't want somebody scared. Brett Rippon is clearly scared. Uh, I think he averaged 6.7 yards per. He, he's, he's checked down Charlie. Uh, he, got, he got a bad break at the end of the first half. Uh, Seth Williams dropped one, and so did somebody else there. Um, and so he might have got a little bit more juice out of that first round. I think he got a bad break on that interception. Uh, because it was deflected. But that being said, if you go watch that play again, uh, Mike Boone was open. It looks like we might have lost DMAC for a quick second. I, I'm with him, though, Rachel. I would go Josh Johnson as well. Uh, I just think he's he he can do a little bit more. And I think he, I think he hit the nail on the head with Brett Rippon. He's, he's 
throw the ball short of the sticks, right? Third and five, complete a four-yard pass. I've seen enough of that. Josh Johnson's willingness to push the ball downfield, I think, makes him the better option. Either one of them can play the role of, hey, Russell Wilson gets dinged up and can't play in the second half. You're up 20 to 10. How do you kind of keep the, the train on the tracks? I think either one of them can do that. And I don't think I don't think either one of them is the guy you want to play for a month if Russell Wilson hurts his finger again like he did last year, right? Like neither one of them is, is going to win you the majority of games if they have to start multiple. So it's a little bit of a, a moot point, but I would go Josh Johnson. I like his ability to push the ball downfield. And it may just be what DMAC's talking about. He's just willing to take those chances, and Brett Rippon isn't. But that would be the uh, deciding factor for me. By the way, Rachel, we always talk about it. Total curveball, but I just saw it go by on the scroll. Did the Rapids really lose six to nothing? Oh, man, James. Holy smokes, was it an ugly match. I know that was a t- that wasn't even a left turn. That was like a U-turn, but it just went by, and I'm like, that's got to be a typo. Six and- nothing. Not saying that this like takes away anything, but uh, Philadelphia, the Union, are first in the East and second in the MLS. So they're a very good team, but it was still a very, very ugly match that went on there. So I said it from the beginning for the entire MLS season that I think they just did too many things and moved too many people. They already had the like, good things going for them. And they just did too many things to move, and it's just not clicking like it was last year. Wow. So that's what I've been saying since the beginning. DMAC, you're back with us. Did your computer die? Yeah, you know, Rachel, what would life be with, with me if I did not have technical difficulties during coffee break? And this, True. This, one, this, this one's a new one. I mean, the computer's fine. I thought it was fine. I'm on a computer, and now I'm getting better luck with my phone. And now i got to hold it, which is terrible. So just give me a second. Talk to James about something. Stare at my ceiling, and I'll be right back. All right. Okay, you know what? We're actually going to do a sponsor, Redline sponsorship. Here we go. Let's go. Uh, parents can register to win a year-long membership at Redline Athletic Centennial for your student. Redline Athletic's brand-new state-of-the-art speed and agility training facility, the ultimate spot for your student-athlete to take their performance to the next level. Redline Athletics helps build a better student-athlete. You can enter in today at denverfan.com. An awesome, awesome way for your student-athlete to take it to the next level. There's DMAX ceiling. So we're going to continue this because we need to talk about Pick'em 2. That is coming up. We are just weeks away from the regular season starting. We are all so freaking excited about it. And you can enter to play Pick'em against DMAC myself. Just go into Google, type in 104.3 The Fan. It's going to take you to denverfan.com. Click at the top of it and you can say join the King Supers Fan Football Pick'em. And then you can play against James, DMAC, myself, all of the hosts. And you just have to weekly pick your games. It's so much fun. We have a blast. We pick on each other all on Twitter, too, so you can join in on the fun, too. And we would love for all of you to join us. So DenverFan.com, definitely check it out there. D-Mac's laughing because he's, like, ready to rumble. Well, I'm, I'm laughing because there's only one person that has their picture as part of their whatever on, on Pick'em, and it's me, and it's sideways. And I, I couldn't even figure that out. Uh, so, so again in my life i prove i am a mile long and three inches deep three inches deep you know i i sort of know how to do a lot of different things poorly life is so much fun with you dmac but uh, something else funny is there is a better who bet thirteen hundred dollars that the seattle seahawks are going to win the Super Bowl this year. So if he would win, he would win $260,000. But let me tell you, I sure as hell don't have $1,300 to go just throw away. 
that yeah, that's just giving money away. Like I, I like Pete Carroll. I think he's a really good coach. But look, it's a quarterback-driven league. They clearly don't have one in Seattle. So could they be better than people think? You know, you hear a lot of people saying, "Hey, this is a team that's going to pick in the top five. Could they be a team that flirts with five hundred? Maybe. But they're not. I don't think they're a playoff team to begin with, let alone a Super Bowl team. Yeah, that's just uh, you had thirteen hundred dollars to burn if that was the uh, the wager you put down. By the way. How disappointing is it that it's going to be Joe Smith against Russell Wilson? That sucks. Come on, Pete. That's no fun. Drew Locke. I, I actually think, and if people are going to think I'm being a Drew Locke defender here again, I actually think that's really good news for the Broncos. So, like, the fatalist in me just could imagine Drew Locke having one good game all year, and that was it, right? Throws for 300 yards, three touchdowns, picks the Broncos apart. Geno Smith, you know exactly what you're going to get. He's going to be average at best. So I think that's good news for the Broncos. And at some point, you know, I, I do think that Drew Locke didn't get, you know, great tutelage and mentorship from Vic Fangio and Pat Shermer, and they didn't develop him right. But at some point, if you keep striking out multiple places, it's a Drew Locke problem and not a coaching problem. So 0 for 2 is not looking good for Drew. But it's good news for the Broncos. Geno Smith scares no one. Mm-hmm. No, I'm with you. Uh, I saw Zach Bai tweet this out, though. Do you think Russell Wilson will get booed week one? Oh, yeah. There will be a contingent that will. If they're playing that game week 13, I don't think he'd get booed at all because that team will be four and eight, and they'll realize, oh, Pete Carroll and John Schneider made the mistake and not that Russell Wilson's the bad guy. He's still public enemy number one in week one, and that's going to diminish as the as the season goes along. So, yeah, he'll get booed. I mean, if you force your way out, we, we see it here. I mean, Carmelo Anthony – Get, gets booed every time he comes to Denver. Now it gets less and less. But when you say, I don't want to be here, people take it personally, he will certainly get booed at Lumen Field. True. You get booed. Oh. It never fails. We always have a DMAC issue. Hold on one second, everybody. We're going to get this figured out. But while we do it, we're going to do roast or toast. And we've got a fun new intro we get to play too. So check it out real quick. Time now for Coffee Breaks Roast or Toast. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, let's do this thing. We got Broncos fits that we need to talk about because, of course, who doesn't love a good fit? So Darby at the top or um, Justin Simmons, shoes down on the bottom. Who do you like? Who do you not like, James? Well, I like them both, but I'm going to go Justin Simmons. Those are pretty sweet, the ones on the bottom left. Those are – I tend to like a white shoe – and it's got more white in it than black, more than the black shoes. So I'm going Justin Simmons. Both are good, but those I, w- I would wear those. Those are great. You're so trendy with the white shoes. I also like the white shoes better, but they are Burberry that Darby's wearing. Mac, if you're back with us, which shoe do you like better? I like uh, who's top right there? Who's up there? Darby. I like Darby because it looks like England. And let's go England because that's where the Broncos are going to be Jacksonville. So that's, that's a, a Brit look to me. Nothing like against him. Simmons, though. Oh, nice. Wow. All right, so now we got the cargo pants on both Jerry Judy and Melvin Gordon. Who are we liking, James? Well, I'm going to go I'm gonna go Melvin. I like the hat better. I know we're talking about the pants, uh, but I'm going to go because of the hat. I think that's a sharp look. I'm going to go Melvin. I'm going to go Jerry Judy. What's up, Jerry Judy? I'm just going to go all in for Jerry Judy for everything. Because the whole season depends on Jerry Judy. So just if there's anything and, and Judy is an option, I'm going Judy. 
I just don't understand why he's wearing like a fisherman's vest going on there. But you know what? If you got money, you might as well wear whatever the heck you want. Okay, now we're going kind of to the basics. So K1 or Portland? Who do you like, James? I think those jeans are probably more, worth more than everything in my closet combined. <laughs> um, I'm going to go that one. I don't love the hoodie and the ball cap look, but I like those jeans. So we're going to go that route. I'm going to go K1 because that looks like every single guy um, that's married in the suburbs going to the store with his wife. So I'm with the K1. I've had that look many times. <laughs> Listen, Cortland's outfit, the camo pants, that's gold. I'm taking Cortland on this one. Yeah, All right. Like, how could you, how do you even get into those pants? That's, that's, I mean, good for him, but it looks awkward. Wait, have either one of you ever worn skinny jeans? No. I'm interested to it. James? No, no. I, I Never. I don't, I mean, I've worn some jeans that probably were a little too snug, but I don't think they were technically skinny jeans. What makes oh. them skinny jeans? Like, well, Here's what it is, James. It's down to your ankle. Like no, they, no, no. Here's what skinny jeans are for, for me and you, James. Um, we were in good shape, and then we got fat, and we just kept wearing the same pants, and they became skinny right. jeans. Right, exactly. Like, there were some jeans that, like, these don't fit as well as they used to. That's all. That, that's my version. You're right. Well, I know a survivor pool, uh, like. Oh, yeah, the punishment? Yeah, thank you. I couldn't come up with the word punishment in my head, but there you go, wearing skinny jeans and having to take a picture. All right, I like it. Okay, we got one more, I believe. Let's hit it. Okay, Justin Sternad or Josie Jewel, both wearing what looks to be almost identical shirts. Hmm. Well, I'm going to go. What is, what is Sternad wearing in terms of pants here? Those like Lululemon? Like, what do we got going here? Um, and I like hit. Oh, he's got the New Balance kind of going Andrew Mason style. I'm going to go Josie, but boy, that's a that's a tough one. Those are, they're, they're, they're having twin day right there. Dude, every one of us uh, ugly suburban guys, I'll go back to that, dreams of looking like Justin Sternad right there. Holy cow. I mean, that <laughs> that is right out of like a fashion model you know, relaxed, uh, you know, day off sort of look. Yeah, I'm not not that Josie Jewel looks bad, but, you know, if it comes down to a tie, I'll go for who's taller. Yeah, Justin Sternad. That's, uh, okay. yeah, I'm jealous. I think the, I'm security going with Josie guard Jewel. The, the security guard in the background of that picture, okay. Really but, makes it? But, yeah, yeah, she's she's liking the, liking what walk by. Hey, do you blame her? No, but, no, not at all. I just think it, it does look like a staged photo. Like, it looks like a fashion shoot. And her in the background with that look is what puts it over the top. So good. Okay, last one. And that's because this guy obviously is going to need a toast here in just a second. But um, our man Orlando, <laughs> hell yeah, look at this fit. Oh, man. Those those pants are something uh, else. Are those like Capri? Is that what we call those kind of I things? I don't even know what to say about the pants. I mean, uh, I mean I'm mean, i sure it's, it's, it's fashion that I can't understand. Uh, and nor could I wear because I don't have a, I don't know, a 65-inch inseam. But uh, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I mean, uh, I guess that's awesome. I mean, of course it's awesome. I'm sure that suit costs more than a, a mortgage on my house for a month. So, you know, I'm sure it's amazing. And Orlando looks incredible, period. But, I mean, I don't know, man. I don't know. Like, you put those on and they, they come three inches away from your ankles and you're like, hmm. Perfect. 
<laughs> Boom. He's trendy. He's fashionable. I want to see D-Mac wear that oh. from our very own Raj, our boss, everybody. There, you like to see uh, it. Raj, thanks for hanging out with us. The shoes, are, the shoes are pretty sweet. That's a good look. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'm sure he's incredible. I'm sure all of that makes sense. It's just, uh, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so unfashionable, I guess. That's where I land. Oh, my goodness. Okay, well, we love it. Roast or toast, everybody. And thank you to everyone for spending your Monday morning with us. DMAC with the Nugget shirt, old school. James, as always, love having you on. We're back tomorrow morning, 1030 a.m., everybody. We'll see you then. Bye.